Hey everyone, it's Kristen and Sam. Welcome to Attached to the Core, the podcast where we talk about life and how everything can be connected to our earliest attachments. We're so glad you're here. Let's get started to see what today's conversation can mean for all of us. I think we just start talking and okay. then that's how we figure things out, right? Okay. Um, so this is our podcast, everybody, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I told you I can talk nonstop till I'm being recorded talking. Right. Like, why do you, I feel like you got really awkward on me for some reason and it just doesn't feel, feel natural anymore. Yeah. Um, but do you want to introduce what, what this is and, and your... And your intro that you had? Yes, I did have an intro. So this is Attached to the Core. Uh, I'm Kristen. And I'm Sam. And we are here to talk about attachment and what that means for us and mostly related to our childhood and our lives. Yeah, and I think one of the biggest things that, like when we say attachment, what, what we're talking about is we're pretty much talking about parenting, right? And um, I think throughout the podcast and what you guys can expect from us going forward is that we're going to be, you know, doing some reflection on, you know, how our parents raised us. Um, we're probably going to do some reflection on how we're raising our own children because both of us have children. Um, you want to start off with how old your child is and where you guys are at? <laughs> yeah, my daughter is a year and a half years old. Um, and honestly, because of everything that I've learned and done, I'm putting a lot of pressure on myself to raise her in a certain way. Uh, I know that nobody's perfect, but I feel like I'm trying very hard, <laughs> uh, unfortunately. <laughs> but isn't that what we do as clinicians? Like we're constantly assessing people and like the environments that they're in and, and thinking about how you can adjust and make their life better, like their outcomes better. Yeah. And I think unfortunately for my family, I tend to put expectations on them as well that they don't have programmed in their brain like I do. Um, so it's a learning curve. Uh, but yeah, that's kind of where we're at right now. How about you? Um, so for me, I am on a really different end of the spectrum uh, compared to uh, Kristen and her husband. Um, my son, we just found out today, and this is going to be the first time that I tell um, literally anybody that's outside of my household is that he is, um, he just accepted, uh, enrollment to the university of Oklahoma. Nice. <laughs> oh, see how he said that? It's because yeah. we were bummed out. Um, uh, no, but that's awesome. Congrats. No, it is. Yeah. It is awesome. It's a, it's a beautiful problem to have. Um, but the problem was that we were hoping he would go to Baton Rouge and, yeah, go, and go to LSU <laughs> and so that way we could have uh, weekend getaways watching football and eating eating Louisiana cuisine over there and and now that's not going to happen but you know Oklahoma cuisine is just as great I, I'm assuming I'm sure it is. <laughs> so, nothing against people from Oklahoma <laughs> nothing if you're listening from Oklahoma or if this ever makes it to Oklahoma <laughs> yeah. from Texas we love you guys and I will be sending a lot of money that way because it wasn't a full scholarship that he got partial uh, is better than nothing partial is better than nothing and that was probably the big decider and honestly in his in his decision um, and he, he just said he felt a little bit more comfortable at o OU. I mean, he said he, he enjoyed LSU. It was great. Um, I enjoyed LSU. I think it was more of a personal thing for me than it was for him, but, um, that's where we're at. We're getting ready for graduation in a couple of weeks. Uh, he graduates on his birthday. Um, we haven't even thought about all those things because we've been focused on where is he going to go to college? Um, so it's, it's great. He's going to be the first person in our family that goes out of state for college. Um, 
Yeah, it's intense. Like I'm literally going through it right now as I'm telling you about it. Like I hadn't even thought about that, <laughs> but that's that's where we're at. Um, yeah. So I mean, raising him has been crazy. Uh, I didn't raise him in a traditional way. You know, me and mom split up. So uh, I've always had to do this. You know back and forth situation and, and and I don't know how much that's played a part on him he's always known that uh, so I think the more we get into the attachment of of him uh, one of the other things that I really love doing is uh, aces scores I mean you know what that is right um, yeah. that's so funny because I wrote that down to talk about it, and I was like I'm not even sure if he knows what that means right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah See, love our profession aces. our profession you know, we, we dabble on that side a little bit. I guess we should tell everybody what we do and why we feel well, like we're, we're, what would you say, qualified to yeah. do this podcast about what we're, what we're talking about? Yeah, so um, I just officially am licensed professional counselor, so LPC is what Congratulations. people are most, thank you, people are most <laughs> familiar with. Uh, so that is what I'm starting right now is I'll be supervised until I get all my hours, but I am officially licensed. So, um, I have my own practice that I'm getting started and I hope to go into that full time. And that's my goal is to really reach as many people as I can. That's one of the main reasons for this podcast, because I know that mental health is important and therapy isn't always affordable so i'd love for people to be able to listen in to professionals and get some feedback for their lives hopefully that they can use yeah and i think that's for me i'm a i'm an lmsw so all that i'm a licensed master's social worker that's what those four letters mean um i actually just started um i guess i wouldn't say counseling like my job now I mostly work with with students or kids who are like uh, school age kids and I'm gonna I'm gonna be doing one-on-one you know sessions uh, here and there just trying to you know I have to get hours to you know to be a, um, a full-time clinician um, but I think it's important that we talk about mental health because I think one of the biggest things that I've that I've learned in my work so far um, is that I think most people nowadays know what to say in regards to mental health, right? Like we say things like, hey, you know, I'm doing this for my mental health or I need a mental health break. I need whatever those things are. And I think we as clinicians need to be able to help people really put words to those feelings that they're having um, and it not just be those catch-all words, right? Like, mental health as 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 a general statement doesn't necessarily work and i think we need to be able to have a conversation around them to where we can actually uh understand what we're talking about um and and have some sort of i don't know solidarity or or just like everyone be able to you know when we say certain words or when we say make boundaries right we all know how to do that. Like, what does that mean? Exactly. And that's what I'm saying. Like, I think people know those words. They know how to say them. They know how to use them nowadays. But they don't know. I don't think a lot of people know what they really mean. Well, and I think, like, uh, social media has glamorized a lot of things. Uh, so, like you said, people here. I need to create a boundary with this person. But maybe they do it in a very unhealthy way because they don't realize there's an actual way to do it that is much more healthy um so maybe giving people that information would help them in the long run and know how to use those tools that they have even from social media posts yeah i think a lot of those are great um 
And I think, you know, we, we were kind of talking about before we started recording that um, one of the biggest, like, what are the differences? But like, what do social workers do? Um, our profession is so broad nowadays, you know, like I think back in the day, like the old cliche of a social worker was probably CPS. First thing that probably comes to people's minds. Um, that's what I was going to say. Yeah, <laughs> that's probably like the first one. Um, you think that like we're going to co- like I call I call parents or I call, you know, clients and you say that you're a social worker. And I think they think that they've they've had a CPS report filed on them, which isn't the, it's never the case. Um, even if there is a CPS referral, um, CPS's job is, you know, family unification. It's not to pull people apart. Correct. Um, it's only in very like you know, dire circumstances that children get removed. Um, so you should never shy away from like working with a social worker. Um, but the other part of that is just that like we really focus on person and environment. So I think when you hear those catch all words, when you see those social media posts, like those are great as far as like an overview of what mental health is. Um, but what we do as social workers is we focus on the, the person, right? Like, so you focus on uh, they, they, you know, it's person and environment. So what are the things going on in this person's life that are causing them to have, or have gone on in this person's life that are causing them to act this way or to present in the manner that they're presenting in. And I think that's where we'll, you know, we'll really finally start to get some, some work done or find some issues that have been happening for that person. Yeah. And I'll admit that as far as professional counselors go, there's so many like modalities that they use to help different kinds of clients. And a lot of them are very technical. And that's something that I want to do a little different. So there is parts of therapy where people will go and it really is so focused on you and conversation. And that's me, I'm a big conversationalist. And so um, getting to use that modality is what I hope to do. So you just said um, what happened to them or whatever, but what happened to you is a book that I love by Bruce Perry and Oprah. Um, and just that question of like, what happened to you brings us back to like attachment and like talking about the things of like, what happened to you versus why are you doing what you're doing now? You know, um, and talking about your past and talking about how you got there instead of just trying to fix, do the quick fix now, um, and try to figure out how we even made it to this point. Yeah. And I think, like society wise, like when we're talking about, you know, not just about culture. And I, I think we'll get into culture, right? Cause both of us, I think, I, I hate using the Latin Latina <laughs> or Latino Same. Latinx phrase. Um, I'm, I consider myself Hispanic or Mexican American, you know, I don't know how you identify. <laughs> yeah. Well, and that's not like a knock to like Latin or any of that. It's more just, I think, at least for me, like how I grew up, that's not how it was promoted and that's not like what we talked about. So yeah, I'm Latin and everything and we're all encompassing, but there's so many individual distinctions within that. So yeah, I do prefer to say like I'm Mexican American or whatever it may be to identify more with that. Yeah. So, and again, not a knock on the word Latina or Latino. Um, or Latinx for that matter. Um, I just think the further we get into the conversation about mental health and what it all means and attachment, um, we were talking about this a little bit earlier, but you know, we're all raised different, right? And that goes from 
literally person to person, like me and you identifying the same as Hispanic or Mexican American or whatever it is that we identify as. Like we both had two very different upbringings and I'm sure <laughs> at some point we'll get into that. Um, mainly for your entertainment, cause it'd probably be a little brutal for the, <laughs> for each of us, but hopefully that's kind of what we, we try to bring to the conversation as we, as we get into it. Um, and also, you know, I, I just think the more that we really break this stuff down, I think people can hopefully take some of what we're talking about and actually implement it into their lives to make, you know, not saying that you're going to be able to do it on your own, but maybe, I don't know how to have that conversation with your parents or how to have that conversation with your child for that matter. Right. Cause those are always fun and awkward. Um, I know the, the drug and alcohol conversation with my son wasn't as smooth as I thought. And I'm like, Oh, I do this every day. Like I'll be mm-hmm. fine. Right. Like I talk to teenagers about that stuff and I, I've run groups and I've had classes and, and I'm fine and I can do it. But whenever you're sitting down and you're looking across at your own child, um, you know, that parent instinct comes out and you want to try to protect them from certain things and, and don't say things like, you know, try to scare them or I don't know, make it seem like some of the, like, Oh yeah, I do it, but maybe you shouldn't do it. You know what I mean? Like that, that doesn't really work. Right. Or to sound hypocritical, like these are all the things I've done, but you shouldn't do those because (laughs) it wasn't. Yeah. Yeah. So that, I think that's going to be fun as we get further into that. But I think just setting up what it is that each of us, want to bring to the conversation I think that's going to be probably what we do for the remainder of this conversation yeah I think just to what you said mine is uh my mom shout out to my mom I love you I know she'll listen to every episode and she'll probably (laughs) cry some too but like yeah but like having conversations with her is so hard um very hard uh but like you said I'm like prepared I know what to say I know what I'm gonna do I know like and then I get in there and I'm just like oh my god you know but it's important to me because I too am like I'm preaching this stuff so I should be able to apply it to my own life uh and it's very difficult because then you feel sometimes like you're hurting the person that you're wanting to like connect with and it's very hard yeah it can be difficult and then not only that as as a parent yourself when you get further into this mindset of you know wanting to do things the right way you you know you don't waver you know what I mean you don't you don't let yourself even break down a little bit and I think that's that's tough in itself and I've done it like I've I've been there like I know what that is and I'm just like yeah like you know when my son gets these acceptance letters you're like this is why we did this Mm -hmm. you know what I mean and and that's like the victory lap that you'll take one day um I mean it's just so crazy like for for both of us to be on two different ends of the spectrum when it comes to parenting um and then also you know I haven't had a real conversation with my mom in a long time and I think that that hurts and it feels weird um because she was probably my favorite person when I was growing up and it's just been a really 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 crazy year for my family um, that we'll get into more as we go. Um, but yeah, I, I just, you know, I'm probably going to get there one day and I'll come in and I'll say, Hey, Kristen, we're going to have to talk and I'm going to treat this like a therapy session. I'm just going to let you know and give you a heads up. But I had that conversation with her and this is how it made me feel. And it's even now it feels awkward. Yeah. You know what I mean? To even think about having that conversation with her and I, it's just been, it's been a weird journey for me and her. Yeah, totally. Um, so what would you say has been to bring it back to like 
what we're promoting here? Like, what would you say has been your experience with like, in a nutshell, mental health? Like, man, I, my experience has been, I don't know. Cause I feel like I'm two different people. I'm the, I'm the person before I went back to school and started to, to really study and get into all this stuff. And then I, I am who I am now. Um, and my journey with mental health has been, I mean, it's just been so up and down. Like I've, like, like I said, the person I was before would have never bought into anything that we're going to talk about. And I know that about myself. Like I know that about like 21, 22 year old Sam, like I know he would have been like, you're full of shit. Like yeah. I, I don't need that. I'm going to, I'm going to figure things out and I'm going to do everything just through, you know, sure will and, and brute strength because as, as a man, I'm not supposed to feel anything other than I can make things happen just through force. Um, that's how I was raised sadly. Um, but that's what it was like. That's what we did. Um, and, and I just think the, the more I got into school, the more I educated myself, the more I found out that like, damn, I'm really, I'm really glad I found this because this helped me really pump the brakes on a lot of things that like a path I think I was going down. Mm-hmm. Um, that had I not, had I not found this profession or had this profession not found me, however you want to look at it, um, I would have definitely probably gone down. And I have examples of that in my life that like, you know, if my, if my siblings ever listen to this and, <laughs> and they're listening, you know, you guys are some of that example, but I tell you to your face. So don't, <laughs> don't act like you're surprised just because I'm talking about it. Um, but I try to bring them with me. I try, I try to, I try to tell them like, Hey, this is how, you know, I, I'm, this is how I'm living my life now. And it's because I've, it's because of my relationship with mental health and finding account, like, I've only had a couple of therapy sessions. I should be honest, like throughout my entire, my entire life. But those sessions like opened up a lot of, a lot of doors to me to the past that I was just like, just some stuff I was living with. And I I just couldn't shake it. And I didn't understand until I went to therapy. And then that light went off and I was like, fuck, like, this is really what it's about. Like, this is what I've been carrying all these years. Yeah. And what's crazy is it made me a better partner. It made me a better dad. Maybe. I don't know. You thought that was my son, but <laughs> I feel like it made me a better dad and I feel like it just made me a better person in general. And I know some people would probably be like, you're full of shit, but I really believe it. Yeah. So what about you? I mean, what is your, your journey and your experience with mental health or therapy? Um, I mean, mine started with like, I guess being so invested in children from like my first job that I ever had. I, was taking care of children and I didn't even like them at the time. Um, (laughs) and I remember just needing a job and I would show up to work every day and I just slowly fell in love with them. And I was like, wow, like they're so fast. It's preschool age. And I just remember like just realizing I knew nothing about them, um, as far as like their brain worked and like how like they process emotions and like, why is this like literal true story? Like why is this kid literally shitting on the floor when he doesn't get attention? But this kid, like, is like acting the opposite, you know, or just does what he's supposed to do. And in the setting I was in, it was from families who they made a lot of money. Um, so oh, I wow. was like, wow, rich people have problems too. Right. <laughs> um, because growing up, like I just thought rich people didn't have problems. So that was 
even more fascinating. So but yeah. also, like society would tell us that too, right? Yeah. Yeah. And that's like a whole other conversation. Um, but that was important for me to know more. So like that's what led me back to school is like that just that experience because I wanted to know more about like the brain and like how it works and like how we process emotions and things like that. And then it just kind of stemmed from there. And like similar to you, just little by little, you start learning more and getting better and getting better and getting better. But then you realize you're still fucking up in your own life and you're like, why do I keep doing the same things <laughs> or like what is wrong? Like, you know, and then you do check in um, and sign up for therapy and then slowly but surely i'm not currently in therapy but i mean i was in it for a while i guess when i made like my biggest breakthroughs and growth uh and i'll just never forget that time because i truly know like if i hadn't had done that like i would not be where i am today wow that's yeah that's pretty amazing I'm not currently in therapy either, but I should say I have a coworker who I will go and tell her about this podcast and I hope that she listens. So, um, shout out Karen, Karen Havens. And she's not like, a, she's not like, like the stereotypical Karen, like she's awesome. <laughs> um, but I, I'm lucky enough to work with her every day. Um, and well, not every day, but almost every day. And we, um, we have these conversations that just made me further believe that we needed to do this, to do this podcast because, me and her would have just these open conversations about, you know, either things that happened over the weekend or just like random stuff that's going on in our lives. And, and we're both processing it to one another um, as it's coming up. And she'll just say something like, did you realize what you just said? And I'm like, no. And she's like, I think that's where your commitment issue comes from. And, <laughs> and I'm like, wow. And then I'll, you know, this happened on a Friday. I should, I'm just going to go ahead and full disclosure this happened on a Friday and I, I came in Monday and I said, Hey, you know, that thing you said on uh that thing you said on Friday, I was like, I thought about it all weekend. That's all I could think about. And she's like, fuck, I knew I shouldn't have told you. And I was just like, no, she goes, I, I realized right after I told you that I shouldn't have said that. And I said, no, it was perfect because it really made me self reflect on all these years that I've, I've told myself that it was another reason. And it's really probably been this other reason that you pointed out something that I've always skimmed by. Yeah. That I've just lied to myself and I've told, and, and like I said, not everybody in therapy or you're not going to have those realizations all the time. Right. But every, you know, you'll find a nugget every now and again yeah. and you'll just be fixated on it. And I think that's the beautiful thing about therapy. That's the beautiful thing about being able to work, <laughs> work with a therapist every day is that we'll pick up and call each other on stuff. And I do it to her too. Like she knows it and I love her for it because she allows me to do it and, and, I allow her to do it. And, and I think it only makes us better to help serve the, the, the clients and the people that we're working with. Um, but yeah, it's been, it's just crazy. And, and I, you know, if there are any therapists that end up listening to our show and you want to call us out or tell us that we're, we're full of it um, and you're charging a decent rate, <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. like <laughs> hit us up, like get in the comments or something or DM Kristen or something like, let us know where you're at. Yeah. Give some feedback. Um, and I should. I so I was actually thinking about like the first time that I decided like, hey, you need to go to therapy because right. there's some stuff going on. Um, I had come home for Christmas. I was living in Amarillo at the time and I had come home for Christmas. And I mean, Christmas is like holidays, woo, right. right? Like when you're with family and it's like fun. And like I come from a family of drinkers um everybody drinks a lot uh right. my 
grandpa he'll definitely never listen to this podcast but he is an alcoholic i mean hasn't drank in a very long time but he is um and so i grew up with that my parents drink pretty often i wouldn't necessarily call them alcoholics um but they drink pretty often um and that's just like the culture we created within our family you know like growing up like we're going to birthdays all together at breweries and like all this type of culture right um and so anyways when i came home for christmas that uh winter I just drank a lot the whole time I was here. Um, And on Christmas Eve, we went to my aunt's and I drank a whole lot. And uh, I I blacked out, which is something I used to do very often. Um, It was a very common uh, thing for me. And so I blacked out and the next morning I woke up and I had like thrown up, you know, all over like my family's furniture um and I was obviously just in town visiting and I'll just never forget like one how embarrassed I was two also just like my parents reaction and being like grown um and almost just like I like felt like I ruined Christmas but also I was like am I asking for help like is this a cry for help you know right like it was a weird feeling um, and then I went back home to Amarillo and I remember like, I should probably go talk to someone this and find out if I'm an alcoholic or something. <laughs> so how old were you when this happened? Um, goodness. I mean, it was like 2018. So I'd say like four years ago. So like 28. Oh, so no. oh okay. yeah. All right. Um, the only reason I asked that question is because I was thinking, you know, if, you know, around the college age, I guess. And, and I'm not saying that all college students do this. Uh, my son better not. But you know, people binge drink a lot when we're younger. Um, and that's what I was going to say, you know, did you ever chalk it up to just, this is what young people do? Yeah. Cause I had been doing that for so long, right? like for so long. Like I, it was, um, alcohol for me, like before I realized now I know cause of whatever, but it, no, not because of whatever, well, because of what reason? Because of the story I'm about to tell you okay. is like that alcohol for me was a coping mechanism. Gotcha. And I couldn't stop. Like right. it was like, I just like go. And I think it is a little hereditary. Like I have such like, okay. it's a, it's a, like I've done the research cause that's who I am. Right. Um, and I know it's like a gene thing too. And so when you add the wrong fuel to this gene, like it's going to, or I should say right fuel to the gene, it's going to expand. And so for me, that was something that was like, you know, my parents used to tell me like I don't understand like why you can't stop or like right. I don't understand why like you black out every time right. or I, like why can't you just and I'm like I just can't right like I can't so, like, and, you know, and isn't that like this like the cliche go-to like I don't understand why you can't do this I don't understand why you just can't think about it in a different way I don't understand why you can't just stop yourself and like nobody really understands that situation um and I will say like I wanted to you don't have to share this story right away. I think I know a little bit about it. Um, but I, I would just say, you know, in my family, alcohol's I mean, we're probably looking in the mirror when we talk about alcohol. Um, my dad, you know, you know, I told you he passed away in August and most of it was um, it was alcohol related, you know, and it is something that I think is definitely hereditary. Um, I know there's, there's kind of, you know, you can look it up and there'll be different, uh, different opinions on it. Like either it is or it's not. And, um, I've kind of been down that road. Like I, like I said, the person who I was before I went back to school would have definitely used alcohol as their main coping mechanism. Um, because it's easier to drown out and see how drunk I can get, um, rather than feel and 
you know, deal with the inadequacies that I had from the person that I was becoming. Um, and then when I really, really, I mean, it really, I, honestly, it just took somebody coming into my life and telling me that I was better yeah. and, tell, and showing me a different way how to do things. Uh, and they weren't the only reason why, but they were a big reason why. Um, and then they got me on the path that I got on that led me to understand that. And I say that to say that I still struggle with, I wouldn't say alcohol, but I catch myself, right? Like, I don't, I don't know if I ascribe to the addictive personality m uh, as much as I do to this is a hereditary disease, right? Because, yeah, I like caffeine and I'll, I have a routine every morning, but yeah. I don't think that necessarily means that I'm addicted, right? But when it comes to alcohol, I'll have moments. I mean, I drink, not very often, but I drink. And the reason why I don't drink as often is because when it becomes so easy for me to continue to drink, um, I really have to stop myself. I yeah. really have to sit down and be like, yo, dude, you drank twice this weekend. That's way too much. And I'll know that. I'll, and, and I, I just don't have that passion or I should, I, not the passion, but like, I don't have the, the urge to want to continue to drink. So I, I, I slow myself down a lot, but I, I feel it. Like I, I feel the gene kicking in. Yeah. And it's, and a lot of it is because I've, I've watched, you know, I've watched in my family. I, I actually, not only my father, I don't want to leave my, my uncle out who him and my dad were like really great friends. Um, and both of them, you know, both of them basically died from, from alcohol abuse. Um, my uncle passed away in April and then my dad in August and wow. yeah, it was rough. Uh, and, I think they were hurting from something more. Yeah. And I think if they were able to talk to somebody, if they were able to go out there and do the work that you did. And I think, you know, as, as the podcast goes on, as, this, as we continue to talk about this stuff and as people continue to grow and follow with us, we'll get into that conversation. Um, but it's, I, I saw stuff, you know, yeah. in that was painful. And I was like, yo, they really just needed somebody to hear them. Yeah. But their, our culture, uh, told them that they weren't supposed to do that shit. Yeah, stop crying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Drink, cause that's that's what we do. And sadly, you know, like I said, I I talked to my siblings about it, and you know, they, I don't know how much they buy into this, <laughs> you know, what I'm saying. But I love them, and I and I just think that it's it's a practice. Like we have to practice and not saying that there's anything wrong with having a drink every now and again because i don't think that there is um and that's a different conversation right like when yeah. we start talking about how people cope yeah. um but I what's underneath like exactly. what's underneath exactly. because like there's usually like you're saying there's usually something underneath and there's something that you can and whether it's alcohol whether it's drugs whether it's it can even be tobacco. Literally, like anything. anything. Food. Food. Um, porn. Uh, like literally anything. So anything you're overdoing and you can't get enough of because that's the only time you feel good. Like, let's figure out what's like underneath that's not feeling so great, right? And sometimes it really is just like genetic stuff, um, yeah. brain stuff. Or you're attached uh, to the core. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, literally. Yeah. That's how far back it goes. Like it could be yeah. something that just happened in your childhood that you've never been able to process. process yeah. And For that sure. that literally becomes the core of your being and shapes the person that you're going to be for the rest of your life. And I think that's why we felt it necessary to do this. I yeah, think that's I why agree. we feel it necessary to continue to do it. And if even we get like 10 people listening consistently 
and those two, 10 people are anywhere near us <laughs> or want to just like, let's just go have a conversation or do it over Zoom or whatever, however you want to do it. Um, because I think having these conversations is more important um, than, a fo- than a, like a, a bigger following. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I think... One person at a time. One person at a time. Mm-hmm. But I think it's important that we that we really start figuring out like what is it at our core that's causing us to do these things. Causing the pain, causing the hurt, yeah. Right. And I think that's a lot of people's problems. Like it's so difficult. So if you guys are watching us, we, we, we might have this up on YouTube. I hope so. We had a little bit of technical difficulties. First, first episode, you know, first episode stuff just happens. Um, it'll get better. It'll get better. But I mean, you know, you put in, you put in work, right? Like to get yourself where you're at. And, and so did I, but like, what did we overcome? And I think the more that we start to overcome those things and people are able to see us and, and maybe we change or grow throughout this conversation simply because we're having it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Or even the now, like what happened last weekend or what's going to happen next <laughs> yeah. weekend? Like you never know. Oh um, man, it's going to be so interesting. But I think that conversation about just addiction, um, why we cope that way, I think that's going to be just a really great episode because I think both of us have so much to bring to it. And I think it would be, it's going to be rough. <laughs> I, I think we both already know that, but I think the further we get into it, I think it's just going to make it to where we, I don't know, we really just get vulnerable. And hopefully you guys are willing to get vulnerable with this. <laughs> Definitely. So you can follow us on all social media. I have set that up except Twitter. I think we'll stay off Twitter for a while. But you can find us on Instagram. The YouTube will be up. You can send us an email um, at attached to the core at gmail.com. We'd love to hear like your thoughts, questions. If you have questions, if you'd like to be a podcast guest and you have something to say, let's do it. Um, everyone has a story and I think that's the point is like we'd like to filter through all of our stories so that way we can all learn from each other right and like you said one person at a time so as one person pops up hopefully we can help you hopefully we can help this help this thing grow to where we're reaching multiple people and I think that's going to be that's just going to be what we want to do going forward is see how many people we can actually reach and help for sure We thank you for listening and we will see y'all next time. See you guys later.